Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, April 6, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Do we have what to discuss? Well, the answer is in short, of course we have what to discuss. We have a market that's open. The market's doing stuff. We have stuff to discuss, no question about it. The first thing we like to do is take a look at the daily chart. Does anything jump off the page? The first thing that does jump off the page at me is the distance between current price and the 20-period moving average. Why is that? Because we call the 20-period moving average home base. And if, in fact, price gets too far away from home base, we know a couple of things. A, either price will go sideways for a while. In an uptrending market, home base will continue to trend up toward price. That's number one. Or number two, price will come back down to pay a visit or A, run a test to home base. The second thing that does jump off the page, not really in my face, but I notice it, is today's candle. It's somewhat of one of these pseudo-doji candles. They made a new high. They didn't finish at the high. They put in a tiny tail candle, a little bit of a pseudo-doji. Is that anything we need to pay attention of? And the answer is no. Why is that? Because when you look down at the bottom and you see the volume today, the volume was well below the average daily volume. If, in fact, that was a sign or signal of any kind of trend change, it would have been accompanied by good volume, better volume, higher volume. Other than those things, they're at new highs. The trend is your friend until she dumps you, period, full stop. How high can the market go? Well, it can keep going as long as they're in no man's land at new highs. There is no point of reference Therefore, there is no ceiling on the market. However, there is a ceiling on the market. Of course, we all know that. So the question is, how high can she go? Well, on this run, she can get to 410, 4100 in the SPX, 4100 in the ES, somewhere in that neighborhood. They spike it by 20 or 30 or 50 points, sure. Come up short by a few points, sure. But the closer that we get to the big next fat round number, which is 4,100, the more magnetic that number will become. Let's have a little pop quiz. Which scenario is more likely that the market is telling you where a specific important spot, important number is? The market runs up to 4,100, it gets up to, and I'm making this up, 4,107, and it backs off in a hurry, and all of a sudden, a few hours later, a day later, next scene shows they've shaved off 50, 60 points from the high. Is that more likely telling us that that spot above 4,100 was important, or is it more likely we get the same kind of message from the market, we'll call it, if the market creeps up to 4,100, takes days to get up there, Days just like today where it's essentially a creeping market in a chop shop formation. You're more likely to get a message from the market in the first scenario rather than the second scenario. Both can do the same thing and you don't know until after the fact. But when the market runs somewhere in a hurry, it's more likely that the market is telling you that's an important spot. 
you're going to see more evidence of that. And there's always a method to the madness. There's a reason why I brought this up. You're going to see more of that on one of the stocks on the move from inside the numbers. We'll get to that in a while. Are we likely to see 410, 4100? Yeah, we're likely to see plus or minus a few points. Maybe they spike it by a few. Maybe they spike it by more than a few. We're likely to see it at this point in time. When are we likely to see it? At this point, until and unless, and here's where we're going to use the current market situation to gauge what the future is likely or at least unlikely to do. What does that mean? While the market's in the current state, up in this neighborhood, they're likely to get to that 410 spot. Okay, fair enough. What are we using as the bogey on the downside saying, hey, wait a minute, that's got to be off the table until and unless the market is back above a specific price, then she can be back on the table. Who is she? She's 410. That number in question or that bogey is still yesterday's low. 403.38. The market gapped up and now we're going sideways. Until and unless they break below yesterday's low, get into a no man's land, which would open the door to fill the gap from last week. Until and unless all that happens, then they're just eating time off the clock, building energy for another push higher. A push to where? That's right, 410. What are we on the lookout for? either at or above 410, near 410, or any time before 410, we're on the lookout for the sign and or signal of a trend change. Same rules apply. Something will begin from an intraday perspective. It will morph onto a daily chart, and it will morph from there. Inside the numbers members, we'll have a beat on it early. What's the hourly chart telling us? It's telling us they've been eating time off the clock since the gap up yesterday. What does the 120-minute chart look like? It looks like the same as the 60-minute chart, just compressed together. The 240 chart, this is interesting. Nobody looks at a 240 chart. You've got a bull flag pattern that not necessarily recognizable the same way from some of the other charts. It's baking in the oven. As long as they maintain price above Monday's low, that's what's going on here. Now, the risk of a flag pattern, whether it's a bull flag pattern or a bear flag pattern, is the same. The risk is, in this case, that they run down to test the low of the breakup candle. That doesn't mean the specific pattern where they're building energy for another move higher is broken. It's just the bull flag pattern is no longer, but it's still a bullish pattern that is intact as long as they maintain price on a closing basis, depending on what candle you look at above Monday's low. The risk for when these are bear patterns is the same. They run up to test the high of a breakdown candle. What have we got inside the numbers today? Well, thankfully, we've got a little more activity than we had yesterday. Even though the market didn't get very far today, the total from high to low was like 20 points in the S&P, maybe a touch more than that by the end of the day. But the market really didn't go anywhere today. But today we had some points of reference because we had yesterday's activity up in the same neighborhood. We also had a little bit more activity from stocks on the move than we had yesterday. We'll take a look at those. We'll circle back to them after the commentary. 
let's get through the commentary because there's definitely, and I want to emphasize definitely, some lessons learned today in the commentary. It's Turnaround Tuesday, and by the way, it was Turnaround Tuesday. We talked about it yesterday. Even though the market wasn't down all that much, it was down on Turnaround Tuesday. It's kind of funny how that works over and over and over again. We don't know the magnitude, but it still works the majority of the time. It's pretty fascinating. Garden variety pullback overnight. Nothing much more to speak of than that. So we'll roll up to the early thoughts. Now, as we read through this, think about this in terms of what we just went over after the fact. This is at night. The market's closed. We have the benefit of hindsight. But think about what's posted on the board before the market opened, what makes you think about where price is, where price might be, what prices to watch out for, what are they likely doing if we see a price coming up, whether it's headed down to that price or headed up to that price. We know if price is important, an important number, and we know where it is, and we see the market headed there and headed there in a hurry, we have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Remember, we just discussed that, and by the way, we're going to see that again. There's a reason why I keep going over this, and some of you will pick up on this. The more I go over the same thing, and I harp on something in the same video over and over and over again, I'm trying to make a point because I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to give you something that you can use forever floating around in no man's land they're picking up where they left off yesterday these are the early thoughts as long as she stays above spy 40338 remember that we just talked about that then they're simply eating time off the clock in preparation for the next leg higher the reason why i bring these things up is you have to put things in perspective when you're trading actively during the trading day. When you're looking at a short-term chart, the market might look like it's headed somewhere, headed somewhere in a hurry, but in the big scheme of things, when you pull back the curtain and you step back and you say, wait a minute, what's really going on here? And you say, oh yeah, okay, so they're going to run a test over there. Now, can I do something with that? Can I take the ride over there or should I get on board over there? SPY 405.25 is support. Getting below, closing candles below, opens the door for a test of 404, which is the last line of defense before a test of the lows, which would be in the cards, right, if that scenario was on the table. The lows meaning 403.38. So we're just laying out the schematic of the day. We don't know exactly where price is going to go. This is at zero dark 30 in the morning, but we're laying out the game plan. On the flip side, Getting above and closing candles above 406.75 opens the door for the next leg higher. Remember, the closer they get to the big fat round number, ES4100, the more magnetic they become. Over to the charts, you know the routine. Right of the vertical is today's activity. Today we're looking at a 15-minute chart of the SPY, and you can see at zero dark 30 early in the day, we had a pretty good idea of where the support and resistance was going to be for the day. Above one, and you have a whole new thing going on. Below another, and you have a different type of thing going on. And on the downside or the south side, you can see early in the day, the low was 405.51. They never got to the 405 and a quarter that I cited early. And then even at the end of the day, they made another attempt, but yet they didn't reach 405 and a quarter. The low was 405. 40. Regardless of whether or not you were able to or think you were able to do anything with these particular numbers on this particular day, 
That's not the point of going over this. The point of going over this is so you see that you show up each and every day in uniform with a game plan. This is part of the game plan in understanding where the important spots are. Where are the zones for the day, at least for the morning session? And we're moving right along, right out of the gate at 930. Look at this. Traders should have booked at least some profit on UCTT. The rest is trader's choice. Nice trade. We'll leave that and PAYX when we get to stocks on the move. That was called a tease. 937, 406.30 happened to be the gap left open from Monday's close. And then at 939, remember the line in the sand for another leg higher is 406.75. Running a test is one thing. Closing candles above is another, at least this early and on the first run. Because things are quiet, I'm trying to get some late additions on the board, stuff that begins moving after the opening bell that wasn't apparent in the pre-market. 9.55, breaking out above yesterday's high, puts them in no man's land again. They have to close candles above 406.75 first. It's a high-risk short trade for those interested. The risk is pushing above yesterday's highs and continuing to melt up. To answer the question, it's not a trade I am interested in, but from a technical perspective, that's the trade if interested. A trader would be challenging the bulls to bust through and betting they can't do it right now. What are we saying? I'm saying up here, 406.75 or above, is an opportunity to short the market, betting they're not going to run away. Now, at the end of the day, you can see that turned out to be technically correct. However, in a slow tape, you end up fighting the tape. They went sideways for a long time before cracking on the downside a little bit. That's how they wear traders out. Traders are short the market. They're going sideways. They're back and forth. Looks like they're going to come down. They go right back up. Looks like they're going to come down. They go right back up. And they wear traders out. They throw in the towel. As soon as they throw in the towel, what happens? The next trade is on the downside and they never look back. They wait for you to vacate the trade. Is there a way around that when you're in that scenario? Yes, there is. How do you do it? You throw some shares into the volcano. You have a thousand shares of a stock and they're doing the thing to you. You sell 50, you sell a hundred, you try and fake out the trick, trap, fool and frustrate crew. Does it work all the time? Not generally. After all, they are the trick, trap, fool and frustrate crew. They see what you're doing, but it does work sometimes. The next question is, have I ever tried something like that? Am I that bonkers? Yes, I have. Yes, I am. When you've been at this business as long as I have, through the good times and the bad times, in the early times are not necessarily good times while you're learning. You'll try anything. And we're moving along again. 959, if they do pull back from this area, there would be garden variety support between 406 and a quarter down to 406 where there would normally be a bounce. That's provided they don't break out first. So I'm preparing you in case they come down, where's the support? That's around 10 o'clock. Let's get our faculties. We're back on the chart. 10 o'clock is around here. 10, 15, 11 o'clock. And you see when they finally did come down, where was support? 
406, slightly below. They spike the big fat round numbers, the semi-fat round numbers, and then they pop back up. Where was the high once again? 406.81. So just for argument's sake, that's eight S&P handles from around the low, give or take. It was a narrow ranging day. That's about half of the range today. You have to put everything in perspective. Let's see what else we got as we move along. Now, here we go again, 10.07. Let's learn something. So put your learning hat on. Not all resistance areas are created equal. When a market runs right to a spot, pretty good chance that was the destination and we're likely to see a reaction in the other direction. And then you might ask, well, how do you know the number before they stop? Well, we do know a lot of the numbers before they stop. So when we see them running somewhere, this is the same conversation from before. Remember, when we see them running somewhere and we have the number in our back pocket, a light should go on saying, all right, I know what they're doing. So you could take advantage of that on the way or you could take advantage of that when they get there. Remember from the video last week, we discussed a sprinter running to the finish line. After they get there, they take a break. Either they eat time off the clock, they have a cup of coffee, you know that whole scenario, and then they're going to another destination, or they go back to the starting line to pay a visit to their teammates. The other side of this is that slow, creeping market that plots along. So it's harder to identify a meaningful destination under the creeping market conditions as opposed to the fast tape. Most people are scared of the fast tape and it's the opposite of what they should be. The fast tape gives you more of an idea of what's actually going on, but most people get scared away. Case in point, UCTT this morning, right to the destination and out. Let's see what else we have as we scroll up. Slow market, the morning plots on, they're not doing much, they're going back and forth. They're essentially in a chop shop formation. As a confirmation of an important spot, they're hanging right around 406.75. So a couple of hours plus removed from when 406.75 was posted on the board, here they are. They get there. They stop there, they go a little above, they come back to it. They go a little below, they come back to it. So the market is telling us that that spot is important. The more information we have, the better off we are. Tried another late edition to put up on the board, didn't work out, never got to the number, but I was looking. Now what we'll do from here is I'll scroll up, you pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts, double check the work. Let's see what we have in terms of a chart posted. Well, that's UCTT, and we're going to get to that chart in a moment, so we don't need to go over it, but it accentuates the point that I've been making this entire video. We'll get back to it. I'm going to hammer it home. As we go out into the end of the day, they found support at 406 earlier in the day, so if they drop them, this is late in the day, don't expect the same support to show up around 406 like it did before. First time, best time, Next time, coin toss. They ran out of time. They were headed down in that 405 neck of the woods. And then at the end of the day, just to put things in perspective, at the time, the S&P 500 was up three points on the day. So just to put in perspective, they weren't really doing anything. Stocks on the move. We'll take a look at two charts. There were a few more put up on the board, but only two hit their price objective. Remember, we're in the donut hole. 
the end of last earnings season ended a while ago, and the beginning of the following or the next earnings season starts in about a week and a half. So this is the donut hole. If we get a volatility spurt in the market, we'll get some more trades early in the morning. But if we get one of those floater mornings in the pre-market, the stocks follow suit. They're just floating around. The opportunities are few and far between until volatility comes back into the tape. And by the way, it will. It always does. We'll take a look at UCTT. You've seen that one already. And PAYX. The others didn't hit their targets. There are no trades. Here's a five-minute chart of paychecks. They were getting a haircut at the opening bell. 94.83 was on the board bright and early. The second objective number was 93.44. It's peeking through the screen on the left here. You can see it. And the low was 93.50. So they came up short by six cents. Had they filled it, guess what? This would have been a great rocket ride back up to 95.65. But what they did was essentially hang around the 94.83, give or take, all day long. And then they started moving up into the end of the day. So we had the support zone. We just didn't get the rocket ride. Here you can see a better depiction on the hourly chart of the zone. And you can see they came right into the zone and bounced up out of the zone. They just didn't give us the type of trade we were looking for in the morning. But at the end of the day, the numbers work. And here's another way that we know that UCTT on its haircut at the opening bell. And look what happened. 58.52 was the number. They spiked it by a few pennies and immediately got out of there like a bat out of hell. The high just minutes later was $61.03 for a smooth, for a smooth $2.51 max gain from the entry now, I'm not suggesting traders got $2.51, but could you have got a quick 60 cents, the minimum required gain? Absolutely. Could you have got a dollar? Could you have hold on to a few shares, a few hundred shares, whatever the case is, for the full $2, two and a quarter, even $2.50? And the answer is absolutely. So they came back down. And then what happened? Well, check this out. 56.72 was the second number. Now, I recognize that they traded above it for a long time. But here's the point that I'm making. And I didn't even see this happen. I was not in the office at the time. But what we do know is they ran into it extremely fast in comparison to what they were doing all morning long. They screamed into the number. And guess what? That was the number. And that was the point that I've been making all video long. Does it work 100% of the time? Nothing works 100% of the time. But what we're trying to do is take information that we know about because we watch it happen over and over and over again, and we want to apply it to future trades. Again, we're not going to be right all the time, but we're going to be right the majority of the time. Camp IWM, anything going on over here as opposed to yesterday? And the answer is no. They came right back in to close pretty much on top of the 20-period moving average. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. It was a narrow-ranging day. Nothing really happened to materially change the chart. So what do we do with that? We move along. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Anything different there? Anything materially change this chart? No, but the one thing that does jump off the page when I look at this chart is I see the 20-period moving average, and I say to myself, 
hey, ultimately, they're not going to want to be so far away from Sir 20 or Mrs. 20. So what are they going to do? Either go sideways as the 20 slopes up to price in the uptrend, or they're going to pull back to the 20. Now, we talked about this before, but it was worth mentioning again, because it's a different chart than from the one we talked about before. So why do I bring it up again? Because all charts act and react the same way. Has nothing whatsoever to do with the fact that this is the transportation average. This could be beanstalks. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Qs? Let's put this one in perspective. So they broke back above all the moving averages, which puts them back in a daily chart uptrend in an uptrend on all metrics, all time frames. Okay, fair enough. Let's look at both sides of the tape. Let's play umpire for a moment. This is a bullish move. It's a bullish tape. There's technically nothing wrong with the cues. After all, they paid a visit to the 20-week moving average, bounced off of it after riding it for a few weeks, heading back up toward the former highs, which they're not that far away from. Again, technically, there's nothing wrong with this chart. The other way to look at what the current activity is, is this. Did they run up to fill this gap and that's going to be it? Let's look at the shenanigans a little bit and we'll make that determination. You can make your own determination. The closing price is 331.02. That's the gap. They hit that number, they fill the gap. So they filled the gap, we know that. Where did they close yesterday? 331.05. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? And the answer is no, they're not. They could have closed below it, they chose to close above it. They're trying to give a signal, so they close above it. Today, they spike higher even, but they close below the gap. So what are they trying to say? We don't know exactly yet. They're still hanging around the gap. So what are our choices? Again, all charts act and react the same way. This could be concentrated orange juice. If they hang around just under the gap and they run sideways for a few days, they're building energy to run higher yet because they will not have been rejected from the gap. So, so far, they fill the gap, but there's been no rejection. So we're going to give the market time to get through the gap. Now, if we see a rejection and they just start trading away, that's a different story. What I'm doing here is just letting you inside my head in how I look at the market based on the chart that populates the screen. The financials, did anything change from yesterday? No, they were down a penny. We'll move on. What about Smash Mouth? Now, they were down $3.41 over 1%. Is that material? Well, yes and no. On one hand, they were up a lot. They were up a really a lot over the last two or three trading sessions. So on one hand, it's a garden variety pullback. Nothing more, nothing less. They're around the old highs. Can they make a new high? Yes, they can. Can they make a lower high and trade away? Yes, they can. We have the awareness of both situations, and we don't know. If all the markets are going to push up, then they'll push up to new highs. However, if we get a non-confirmation signal, a.k.a. a divergence, and they can't push to new highs, and the Dow makes a new high, has made a new high, the S&P has made a new high. If we don't see another new high in the SMH, it's going to be a similar situation than we saw before when the Qs and the SMH looked entirely different than the rest. Again, 
These are the things on my mind. It's like a laundry list of things that I run through in about 12 nanoseconds. With that, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm David Frost. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.